0: Were you brought up in a church of sorts? You mean a cult? Yeah, like
1: what's uh? You mean you mean a cult? It was basically a cult. It was a cult. Yeah. It's a cult. Hello, I <laughs> mean <you> Mrs. Doubtfire.
2: <laughs> hey, friends, welcome back to Brazen Radio. This is going to be the very first Critical Corner conversation. My name is Nina, and today, amigos, I have brought a home skilly who is brilliant, compassionate, feisty AF, and if you've been doing this month's breath work, someone's voice and name you may recognize. I'd like to welcome back my homie, Tone. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, Hello,
1: hello, welcome, welcome. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> Welcoming yourself. I'd like why. to welcome
1: myself. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I know this won't be released on 420, but happy 420.
2: Same to you, my friend. Well, if Same there's to any you.
1: Good going, you know why.
2: That's all we are going to say about that. Okay. So, sister, I think today we should talk about maybe uh, some religion or maybe like the impact of the lack of it, you know, with organized religion losing its credibility. It seems like we've kind of lost our common ground or maybe even our shared values, but at least we have social. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a modern day equivalent to praying. Yeah, and instead of praying for a miracle, you just pray that the person you matched or supported isn't a serial killer or child predator. <laughs> you don't know. Okay, on a serious note though, seriously,
2: don't you think maybe we need a new type of religion? Because I've been realizing that inclusion is really trying to become its own kind of religion. And to me, that bitch is more of an exclusive and divisive type of movement than a coming together of acceptance and love. Which, again, thinking about those spaces and protests even, are you familiar with the bystander effect? Mm, Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, in case someone who's listening isn't, I'm going to quickly break it down. If you're in a large setting and something is happening to a person, that you would likely assume someone's doing something, so you don't take responsibility. Mm -hmm. There was a new study done in 2020, which suggests by filming... People gain a false sense of doing something about it. And I mean, to be honest, I had it in my head that these studies would prove that it was something to do with inflated ego and hunger for clout, but they did say it helped them feel closer to a larger community,
0: Hmm.
1: which is super fucking useful the next time you're being assaulted. Isn't there like a famous story that the same story told like in the opening of the Boondock Saints? And it's a great movie if you haven't seen it. Oh, I've seen it. Glorifying Vigilantes. Love it. So good. So there was a woman in New York during the 1960s who was attacked twice between a large complex of apartments. It's crazy because what was happening to her could be seen and heard by like a huge collection of her neighbors during the initial attack. The dude brutalizing her noticed lights turning on in windows, so he fled, only to realize that no one was actually coming down to help her or was yelling out. And he went back and he ended up murdering her and now her case is like the baseline for bystander effect. All those witnesses and not one person did anything or called anyone for help because they just all assumed that someone else would or had already done it.
2: That's insane. And when you think about the violence videos that are online today, even mm-hmm. that what's going on in Chicago, yeah. where you see that girl getting jumped by these young kids and they're just
1: going at her and there's so many kids holding cameras and no one's helping yeah. her. It's scary. I wonder if there's a part to it too where people just don't want to put themselves in it because they don't want to get hurt themselves. Which... Well,
2: yeah, that's the self-preservation. And I understand that to a degree, but there are at a certain point how valuable is your life and your society
1: if this is what your society is about and tolerates? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, studies have shown that when people feel like they have a shared sense of responsibility, they're more likely to take action. I wonder if that could be manipulated against us, since I'm sure collectively we've been missing some element of that in society. No. <laughs> You're right. Like, But even think about rites of passage and coming of age. Mm. And in indigenous tribes, some still do ones that have been unfucked with by us, but they used to honor the five rites of passage of birth, adulthood, or the coming of age, marriage, eldership, and then ancestorship, where you were passed on but still revered in your tribe and looked to for knowledge. I think there's something too that coming of age into adulthood where they would send their young kids out into the, usually the sons, out into the wild to face reality of what it means to actually survive or to come back having done a challenge of some sort that, help them feel like they'd earned or been honored into that shift into the next stage and i think we're so far removed from this the only place you're really finding like these types of rituals are coming of age transitions is really in churches and it's more about them than you i know all about that one
2: <laughs> my friend tony yeah going back to religion weren't <laughs> you brought up in a church of sorts
1: you mean a cult yeah, like, let's, uh. You mean, you mean a cult? It was basically a cult. I mean, it's a cult. I mean, it probably didn't call itself a cult. Oh, God, no. And if you said that to them, they would obviously have to deny it. I think, I think, I mean, maybe we should just take a little
2: left from this conversation okay. for okay. a second right. about right. rites of passage because I'm sure,
1: like, were you a part of this cult your whole life? Funnily enough, as long as I can remember, we've been, we're part of the church.
2: First of all, so you were in it as long as you can remember.
1: Do you know if it was your on your mom or your dad's side that initially so there's entered? there's a story to how we got to the church, which now my parents are now divorced. While well, the story of how we got to the church is still the same, the reason why we went to the church has changed. I've just been told the reason why we went to the church was because that my family needed direction, and the direction that they were headed in was partying, and, which still happened all the time, <laughs> so I'm not sure. But anyways... And my father needed had the feeling that he needed to provide some sort of structure around my mom and the raising of these four girls that he was entrusted with. So my dad was a door-to-door salesman for insurance, I believe. I'm pretty sure it was insurance. Anyways, so he was walking through Brantford, knocking door-to-door, and he knocked on this one person's house. And she opened the door, and she's like, I've been waiting for you all day. Oh, goodness. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, great. Like, amazing. I'm going to make a sale, <laughs> right? So she's like, yeah, Jesus told me you were coming today and I've been waiting all day for you. And he's like, I'm here to sell. And she's like, no, you're not. I'm here to sell you on your soul salvation and brought him into the church, literally brought him into her kitchen and flipped it, got him to go talk to the priest and the whole thing.
2: Wow. Yeah. She must be their number one recruiter. I don't know. And that's a good sales pitch, bro. <laughs> that would work. Right? I mean, it would get you in the kitchen. Right. Okay. Girl, I happen to know. There's one story you've told me, but I don't even know when that takes place in your process of being a part of this cult. Actually, what I
1: think you're hinting at.
2: Well, me, hinting at a certain (laughs) story that I happen to know is the creepiest thing I've ever heard from a friend in real life. All right.
1: So (laughs) I'll tell you about my first memory of the church. They believed that when you passed on, you didn't go to heaven, you didn't go to hell because you were unclean, a sinner, and if you hadn't repented for all of your sins and moved into the Jesus-likeness, you were put into the realms of the departed. So, like... The realms of departed. Okay. Now that I'm older, purgatory. Got it. Where you're just there. But the idea was that you would go into the house, that you would go into the room of the house, the house being the realm of the departed, that you had lived your life being, or doing, or committing your spirit to so if you were a murderer you were with all the murderers if you were a rapist you were with all the rapists we were taught to pray for these souls and we were the bridges that could then go and take communion and get their sins cleaned so that way they could pass on and move out of the realms of the departed when they wanted to but that i was the bridge and i was the vessel so, okay sorry pause
2: mm, we're coming right back to that okay So specifically, you're supposed to target people who were like super bad.
1: No, you could think of anything, anyone that would be trapped. So in my small mind, I don't know where this thought came from or why it was a thing for me. I don't know who instilled this into me, but I decided that I wanted to pray for all the babies that never had names. So the babies that never made it to earth for whatever reason. And so I prayed my little young prayers at night. Whenever we were at church, all the times we were prepping for the service of the departed because you only paid attention to it, I think the three or four times a year, believe me, I blocked it a lot, that they would have these services. I'm pretty sure it was three times a year. Once a quarter makes more sense, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: it's a damn it's a business, business. <laughs> man.
1: Um, so they would have these services in like the week or two leading up to the service. That's when you spent the most time praying because that's the time it counts the most, right? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So. My young mind thought praying for these babies that didn't have names was the thing to do. And so I prayed very fervently and I'm a very sensitive soul from the get go. I've always been very, very sensitive mm-hmm. in all ways, emotionally, all the things. And there is past clairvoyance and ability to source with spirits and have conversations and see them and feel them in, in my family lineage. Um, okay. Mostly on my mother's side that I know of, but I'm sure, I'm sure if I dug into my father's too. kind of dope. Yeah, like, that. my grandmother was, like, full clairvoyant. My mom had dreams, very visceral dreams of her coming to visit her after she passed away. as
2: excited as I am to walk through <laughs> Tony's mind over time. Because, <laughs> like, I didn't even know some of these guys. It's cobwebby up here.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Okay, So, okay.
1: you're praying for these kids. Right. These children. Right. These unnamed so babies. I used to have very visceral nightmares as well, unrelated to this until this incident. And so that evening we did our usual prayer wrapped up for bed and I got into bed and I don't know how long it was or whatever. I don't have exact time markings, (laughs) but I woke up, my mom said blood curdling screams like I was being brutally attacked and I was losing my mind Um, and I was yelling, help me, help me, help me, the babies, the babies, they won't stop hurting me. So my mom woke me up. And I had these little tiny bruises all over my arms, my legs, little tiny bruises. And I obviously was in a panic and my mom had to calm me down. And her first reaction was to call the church and to call the priest. So, did this this happen in the lead up to this ritual? Yes. Just in your prayers all by yes. yourself? Yeah. Okay. So okay like, I'm with one you. of the nights before the service. Okay, okay. I've been praying for these babies, and I don't know how long I've so been praying for the babies. I was, We were still living in our house in Paris. Like, I was very young. And this is one of my first memories of like waking up and the pain on my body. Why are
2: our children so creepy? And then on <laughs> top is like magnified because not only are you a creepy child, but like, there's other children being creepy.
1: With yeah, you. right. <laughs> so, the priest sat with me and we prayed that we would still be able to be a bridge for the spirits, but that I had to tell the spirits that I had boundaries and which my boundaries were and that they couldn't hurt me and that they needed to not touch me. So I don't know if I ever prayed for those babies again. But that was one of the most visceral interactions with spirit and then the church handling spirit. It really interesting that we're being taught that we are these bridges and that spirit's are actually coming when we're playing with things we don't really understand as children very wild. I think that's so weird because a lot of people who talk about channeling are like you need to be very careful with that because some sometimes- But they don't look at it as channeling channeling would be considered witchcraft. Oh man, Nina. We weren't there's a whole like it was like footloose. There was things you could not do. <laughs> I'm not kidding. There was no dancing. You were not allowed to go dancing. You were not allowed to bowl. You were not allowed to any Saturday night activity that was not church-related activity. You were not allowed to do because it would interfere with your ability to get up and go to church the next day twice on Sunday. They changed this at some point. I think when people started falling off the bandwagon or falling onto the... I don't know. That's okay. (laughs) Bandwagon's not relevant. I have questions. I have questions. Mm -hmm. Okay. What is it? Jehovah Witness? No. So it's New Apostolic, which is Christian-based. Okay. If there's all these, yeah, anyways. All right. Well, we,
2: we can Guggenheim, the people can Guggenheim. Now and that d- it's a new
1: Apostolic right. church, yes.
2: Okay, mm-hmm. so after your dad was indoctrinated in the lady's kitchen, how did, <laughs> did she baptize him?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, went to church for that. I don't even know if my dad could get baptized or if he just had to be sealed. So in that religion, there's two steps. Baptism, where you become a friend of God, and then sealing, where you become a child of God. Hmm. There's steps, Nina also when you're born in their mind's eye all the babies that are so innocent are born with all of their forefathers sins and must be baptized in order to make their way so then from baptism ceiling there's sunday school was on sundays Then you went to church twice on sunday then monday night was religious instruction tuesday night was confirmation wednesday night was church thursday night was choir practice friday night was youth and Saturday was your night off to be with your family. But no partying. No, okay. And then leave. Saturday was Sunday. often like <laughs> rehearsal or some sort of program or something to keep you involved. And it was, Ooh, Nina, I wasn't allowed Moses. to date, hang out with, like, if it wasn't church people, I did not participate in stuff. I was in all the choirs. I, uh, man, okay. <laughs> you have to wear a uniform. What? We, to be in the choir, you have to wear a black okay. skirt. And a white blouse with, you have to have your tights on no matter if it's summer. This is how I grew up. They've changed many things. Now you're allowed to wear pants. And I think they're really progressive because women are now, women are allowed allowed to be ministers finally (laughs) because they're not, you know. Slippery slope. We don't know where it could go from here, though. Now Mm. the ministers might want to be female ministers. (laughs) ministers Who who knows, man? It's very accepting now. It's very good. So good. (laughs) Still a cult. Still a cult. Yeah. Like the ministers themselves, even, they wore... Black suits, white shirt, black tie, black and white. It feels super Mormon or, like, Amish. (laughs) Nothing is black and white. (laughs) Okay? Especially in religion. Okay, guys? Have you read the Bible? Not Not black and white. Okay. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah, so cult time was really fun. Like, at what age did you get out? Okay, so there's a series of events that happened to kind of start cracking me. Okay, build
2: me up to the story. I want to hear your
1: exit. I also started dating outside the church. (laughs) Corruption. You rebel! How did you get? What's so wait? So you go through all these programs? Pause. To
2: if you're in a cult, maybe take notes. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> so I did not tell you how to start a cult and no, run to the get cult. Out, to get out! Oh, get out! Get out! Okay. To get out! Okay. okay. An escapism. <laughs> We're looking for okay. an escape. I'm just don't want to be in charge of making anybody else new. I'll cults. Start a cult. Okay. I'll start the cult, please.
2: Okay, I'm down. Let's make a cult. No, I mean, first of all, tell me how to get out of one. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: okay steps to getting out of the cult okay yeah after all of these programs to indoctrinate you and make sure you're fully brainwashed you have confirmation which unlike the catholics where they get to you really young maybe there's something to that <laughs> um they got some edge on us you guys did
2: it to your fucking selves you did you
1: really did um and still do um <laughs> sorry shots fired okay <laughs> okay keep going Okay. So we have confirmation around 13, 14. So when you're basically entering high school after your grade nine, year, you're taking over your faith. So you are, from your parents, taking on the responsibility to bring yourself up in the faith. Okay? Okay. So at that time, technically, you can say, fucking peace out. I gotta go. That's not what Tony did. Of course not. Tony's so far in now, she's gonna find her husband. I'm 14, man. 14, okay? (laughs) So dating is so exciting. It's the only thing I want to do because... this was the house rule not church rule was not allowed to date till 16 was not allowed to wear nail polish till 16 especially if it was red because that means you're a whore oh i was brought up real well (laughs) was not allowed to wear makeup till i was 16 my room got tossed on multiple occasions because i refused not to wear eyeliner and i wouldn't wash it off all the way my whole room would get tossed because i'd hide it whole room I used off. to hide
2: cigarettes. Like I cut open my stuffies and I stuffed packs of cigarettes <sighs> I never in got my stuffies. animals. I
1: should have fucking cut shit home- open. Yeah, yeah, it probably would have worked. I wasn't a only child. I, I wasn't that resourceful. I had other like-
2: <laughs> Anyway, okay. <laughs> next time, next life. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> take notes.
1: Okay, so when you take your confirmation vow, you're then allowed to go to the youth the youth events, which is on Friday nights. I started hanging out with all the youth group. Is it no people. dance dance party? no dance dance parties got it often at people's houses like literally just to keep us together outside of the world sometimes we'd go do stuff we were allowed not to do on saturday nights because it was friday night like we could go bowling on friday but not saturday because that would fuck with church basically they didn't want anybody having any testing of their faith Mm -hmm. like really fucked up Mm -hmm. because shouldn't your faith support living human while being able to be the faithful human i don't know man i'm just I mean Ideas I mean I think person. not only
2: are you right about that but <laughs> then look at all the quote unquote fact checkers oh. and, and their truthfulness levels. Right? I mean, don't you dare ask a question to the fact the fact checker is the fact-checker. Oh checker. you
1: don't ask what you do not. It's the you same ask thing. questions, you're doubting your faith and then you <laughs> your faith is you're going to hell. You're going to hell.
2: Feels the same on the internet
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already going to hell. I'm going to hell for a long time. I'll, I'll be the you. captain of I'll the save you with group. my new cult, a new cult, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, we okay. <laughs> were super excited to okay. socialize within <laughs> the within the
1: co- church, yeah, so I started going <laughs> to youth group stuff. I don't even remember all the shit we used to do, but I remember uh, I started hanging out with youth group during my confirmation. So you go to confirmation classes in order to take your confirmation. Mm-hmm. I started to hang out with this specific gentleman. I was officially 16 and allowed to have my first boyfriend. So I was going to have a boyfriend. We hung out mostly at church stuff because that's what we did all the time. Mm-hmm. And because we were in the same district. Yes, we had districts. Okay. They're called districts. What is this
2: the Hunger Games.
0: Right? Cool. Oh,
1: <laughs> so I was in the same district as him. It's a whole thing. It was very disruptive, Segregated. Weird. That is so very weird. weird. We did like... Big stuff together once in a while, but it was like so random that I never got to know anybody in this side. And you're a kid; you're not running right, around right, right, making right. Your own kid in the country mm-hmm. raised by people in a cult. You're not making your own friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna go over really well. <laughs> I love you, mom. <laughs> um. So my first boyfriend, we were hanging out and starting to get to know each other, and like doing all the dating stuff I was allowed to do within the parameters I had, and his. Father, who is my youth leader, approached me at one of these youth events, pulled me aside, and explained to me very, very, very calmly that because I am not of a name of this faith, so like there's like names that are inbred and they all stay with each other.
2: Inbred, you say? Keep going.
1: Mm. keep
2: going we'll skim over that you were young you don't know keep a- going.
1: I'm not because we came from outside the church to inside <laughs> the church but the people who are like <laughs> there since the beginning they're all very oh, well Christ. known to each other yeah okay. so good this is why you only date church people you only get to date church people there's one pool you know okay oh, the different districts <laughs> taking notes from the royals <laughs> don't cross districts <laughs> okay anyway, so like the Illuminati. he pulls me aside and he tells me that because I'm not of this name or because my family is not of money or of any value, really, that it's cool if we hang out at, like, his house and, like, at my house. But, like, we really shouldn't be seen in public together. Public meaning the church community that I was a part of.
2: Classy dad, youth leader guy.
1: Yeah. from So cult. good. Shortly after that, I brought this up with what's his face? What's his face? Defended his douche dick father. And so I ended it obviously very dramatically at a youth event one night broke up with him he was crying i left and then after because i was you just had a dramatic exit yeah yeah, you didn't make a dramatic scene no no i just like we're done here which was really cool because i didn't really have boundaries or like a spine when i was younger so cool (laughs) i was actually really pissed about the whole situation because yeah like fuck you Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah fuck do you think you are and then for you not to defend me to your dad yeah, but he's part of a cult, right? He's Did, very well. deep, uh, okay. Deep in <laughs> so then I <laughs> dated another gentleman. We'll use loose terms here. <laughs> was he part of the cult? <laughs> he was part of the cult. Okay. Not as ingrained as the cult. He was more of a bad boy on the edge of the cult. Ooh, like he didn't go to yes. church all the time. He drank a lot, hung out with his buddies, partied, like the party crew, right? And like he's exactly what you needed. Yeah,
2: but like long stories long, you stayed in the in the cult for how long? That second I was boyfriend, t-
1: there were twenty one when we split up. Were you still pretty At cult. that point, I wasn't... We were both going to church more frequently. And the reason why we broke up was actually because of a thing at church that happened. And we came home and basically I brought it up to him and turned around and told me, I don't love you. And up until that point, everything I'd done for him, it was a very abusive relationship mentally, mm-hmm. a little bit physically. Everything I'd done for him up until that point because he was manic depressive and he would go off his medication often. But mm-hmm. it was because I wanted love, because I was sourcing love because of my upbringing, which we'll get into another day. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I had daddy issues and mommy issues. (laughs) I have issues. Um, anyways, my source of my source of doing everything was to earn love. So when he came in that my room that day and told me he didn't love me anymore, I was like, okay, get out. Something broke. Like something totally just snapped. And I was like, and we're done here. If it's not for love, it's for nothing, and I don't want it. Like that's an important moment in an abusive relationship that realization. Because if it doesn't hit, you never get out. And like normally we'd have this pattern of like. We did not talk for like a week. And then one of us mm-hmm. would get lonely. We'd fuck. We'd get back together. Recognize the that. whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this time I packed up all his shit in the garbage bags and put it in my trunk that night. And dropped it off to him and said, hey, buddy, all your shit's at, what well, doesn't matter. All
2: your shit's at your buddy's house? All your
1: shit's at your buddy's garage. I'm done. And then did you run into him next week at church? I found out shortly after that the person he was cheating on me with. Mm. It was like a time of MSN. <laughs> when you would set your status the a good old day right you set your status on msn to something super dramatic or uh-huh. like a song lyric uh-huh. and i did something i can't remember what it was <laughs> but it was like <laughs> cheaters never change blah blah something about it the situation that's how Facebook it came up
0: statuses <laughs>
1: <laughs> msn statuses were the thing man <laughs> anyway mm-hmm. so i changed it to something because of a girlfriend situation not even my own and his my who i thought was a friend i'll use that term loosely basically told me that they were banging before we'd split Oof. so we went to church like the next couple days i don't even know like if it happened on friday and then by the saturday or sunday we go to the church together or separate? no separately okay, okay. and i just went to the congregation i always gone to and he went with there to go with his family and no because we'd split up no one wanted to be around me like they treated me like a leper it was really awful So watching that happen, I pulled myself away. And he was like your your first. Oh yeah, he was my first. Not to be too
2: private. No, he was my first. Everything. Yeah. So like that would really. Oh yeah. And I was like, and then to get shunned by a community. Oh yeah, Oof, buddy. Yeah. Sorry. And I'd like
1: brutal. So at this point, I didn't. I hadn't spoken to my sisters in almost two years. What my my sisters who I isolated myself. But it was (laughs) a little while later, like I don't know, six or eight months later, Mike and I started talking what i want
2: to know is i'm pretty sure and i might be wrong about this he got you out right he's definitely
1: the catalyst (laughs) i mean obviously you were aware of some things that were happening that weren't fucking okay but i took him to a church service it was like an agreement we had where i would take him to a church service and then he got to show me something that would maybe counteract what i've been taught my whole life (laughs) pause
2: for one second mike believes in what what faith is he
1: he was brought up catholic right even though they didn't practice any of it I practice my faith. So this is a whole awakening of where Mike came from, too. Mm -hmm. But surprisingly, he's a very open-minded human and never really attached to anything, even though that was still part of his psyche when we first started dating. So I took him to a church service. He then brought it back to me after and, like, his version of it. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he broke it down. We watched Zitgeist after that, and that, like, completely broke me. Blew my mind open. I was crying on the couch in a ball after. My whole world was shaken. I did not know what was up, what was down. It was the first like opening my mind to the realness of reality and not just what I'd been indoctrinated my whole life with. Damn. Yeah. So he did you a solid. (laughs) He opened your mind. Oh, yeah. That should be a
2: lesson for everyone. Look at the things in your life and get critical about them. Are they serving you or not? Ask
1: questions Or your traditions come from the things that you're taught when you're growing up. Ask questions about everything. Even the things that you think you believe, ask fucking questions. What's the other side to this conversation? Because I only know what I know. And what I don't know is bigger. But what I don't know, I don't know, is even bigger. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I don't
2: know what I don't know, but what I don't know, I don't know is even bigger than what I don't know, you know? Iceberg. (laughs)
1: So who's benefiting at this church? Just, just
2: who's the them? The top
1: people, like there's, the ministers? So there's a whole business involved. It. I get it. Okay, so ministers and priests and teachers and religious leaders are supposed to serve community, not to be the ones rolling in the deep. But I'm like, it's just that idea of you're to be taken care of by the people that you're serving and holding space for is lost on them. So like, all the ministers drive hundred thousand dollar cars and like ball out in these homes and then. My people like my siblings who are struggling in their depths of their like darkest nights are just left to take care of themselves that's the time to outreach wasn't there
0: that's crazy so
1: each of us had like our awakenings in that moment i feel like
2: we should probably take a little time to recognize that fine line then between societal cohesion and leveraged influence and when it comes to following any type of narrative or belief mm-hmm. system mm-hmm I mean, honestly, when I was with Alex and oh, yeah. I, like, how was that, by the way, it had to
1: be hard to hold space for him.
2: It was surprisingly not as difficult as it probably should have been. And maybe that sounds insensitive, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. It's somebody else's choice. Obviously, there's a the difference between an adult and a, and a youth. But ultimately, you just you got to let people live or not mm-hmm. live if they so choose and try to be respectful or mindful and make sure they've thought of all the possibilities i did
1: appreciate that you challenged all of his things that he would decided on
2: i fucking hope so but either way when i was like dealing with it i started considering his situation and like the more i started thinking about suicide in general and even the state that we're in as a society today never mind what initiated in 2020 because mm-hmm. i believe that's played a role in the disconnection we feel Pretty presently true. yeah that lack of whatever's happening right now like, I feel as if we've even allowed our communities to be divided and ripped open by this concept of inclusion, which is ass backwards, mm-hmm. straight up ass backwards. And truly, it's almost like racism. You know, I, I like I, obviously I can't speak much on this because I'm Caucasian. Mm-hmm. But there was this time I saw this quote with Morgan Freeman or he was talking to a guy about February and Black History Month. And he was saying, basically, if they keep talking about it, if they keep designating it. It's never mm-hmm. going to go away. You know, and I really admired the concept around that, especially when the BLM movement came and all of those different ideas around it. I was like, my God, it's like magnified, and then somehow, in the magnification, you're actually making it worse. I don't know how that works, but that seems to be the case so far from my experience. Anytime a group really wants to be recognized, it's somehow
1: more divisive than inclusive. Yeah, yeah,
2: it divides. It pushes them away from the people they want acceptance from more. And there's I don't.
1: A f- there's a fine line between honoring. Tradition and honoring heritage and letting people be free and I, then I creating these silos around each other. We're this group and you're not this group. Mm-hmm. That seems like the opposite of what we're meant to come here and do, mm-hmm. which is just to love
2: like what we did it, well, when we were kids yeah. it didn't matter yeah. like I I wouldn't have thought of any I didn't learn about racism until television taught it to me yeah.
1: like Fresh Prince
2: times yeah exactly yeah. that time yeah and so it's just one of those things like I don't know like it didn't really benefit me if anything it made me look at my friends differently like it made me assign something to them that necessarily wasn't there beforehand
1: and when you watch children play with each other they don't go "Oh, no, you're, don't you're darker skin I don't want to play with you
2: they don't say that but they might acknowledge that oh my oh, god go, oh, your complexion yeah exactly like, yeah look exactly. at your hair
1: or whatever, right? Like it is that. true. It is true. There's something
2: natural about appreciating what isn't looking like you. I just think we want to cling to this old world idea in kind of the worst way. And the good things that are no longer brought into our present time. So it's hard to say because, on one hand, like what you just described as a religion, it sounds not cool. But mm-hmm. I do know that there are different stages in religion. And I think that that idea, That's what's lost on us is the concept of communal moments of celebration or coming of or Mm -hmm. rites of passage like you had mentioned, where they would go out and hunt. Like I'm to be fair, I haven't deep dove that much. I know this is kind of more of an off the cuff conversation, but at the same time, I'm sure for women there was different types of things that prepared them for the fact that they would be mothers and they would have to Mm -hmm. nurture the environment and their household and their husband and what that would entail. Mm -hmm. Looking at it, it's you know, going back to religion again, it's this idea that when you have a belief in something bigger than you, then you have a calling or a purpose that draws you tighter to your society because you know you're a part of something. You recognize that, yes, you're an individual who contributes to a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. We don't have that. No, None of these individualized groups are uh, trying to achieve something larger. They're trying to uh, take away rights of others to to equalize themselves. And it's it's very ass backwards. And I just think what? that
1: you can't ask for something for yourself and then say the other group I don't agree with doesn't get it too. That's not it's a democracy. That's not how it That's works. Right. <laughs> you <no.
0: laughs> I, I hear you.
1: I hear you. Sorry. You, if you want the microphone, you have to give it to everybody. You might not like what they say. I agree with
2: that. Mm-hmm. And I have the opportunity and option to not listen. If you don't say what I like and what you say doesn't in any way make me think that you may harm a child or somebody else's personal personal safety, yeah, we're good to go. Yeah. Speaking of random personal safety, I recently saw a little clip surfacing on the internet of a man who's murdered three people. Mm-hmm. And he's telling this story and it's on Soft White Underbelly. If you've never checked out their, his channel, you fucking should. And it hits you right in the feels because this father had his child being violated by neighbors and there was four of them and the gentleman who's interviewing him, Mark, asks him, you know, like, how did you murder these guys? And he goes, well, the first one I threw off the balcony was SWAT there. The other one I shot and then the one I was electrocuting until he told me why he did it. And he told me it was because I had everything. And then I shot him. Hmm. And to me, I think there's a, a line for justice and I think that that was justice. Mm-hmm. And there's even that boy in Brampton, I think recently, that with a legal firearm shot someone who entered his home and they want to charge him with murder. Mm -hmm. And this is where we're really fucking ass backwards, where we are not a cohesive society. We should want each other to be safe. We should protect each other when we protect each other. And we shouldn't allow it's like those penny auctions. I know this is not comparable to a murder. But when the banks used to try and take people's Mm-hmm. you know farms or whatever all the farmers would come together no one and would bid the, yeah and the you guy would get it back, it back yeah. yeah for a penny yeah and that was the whole idea right like because that community worked together take care
1: of each other instead mm-hmm. of taking care of self and i think that's the big shift we've come into is the individual has become so important so instead of building a bigger table for everybody to come have the meal with you you're mm-hmm. building a bigger table so you can post on instagram because of all the money you've made but pretty much exploiting yourself and other people
2: yeah, it's it's a really convoluted way of trying to be part of society, mm-hmm. and I think that this is why I'm I'm almost disappointed in organized religion because they had that they had that formula where people had something to look forward to to work towards you know where they the had to is? they had to take accountability in church what
1: humans at the end of the day we're always going to keep cycling back unless we start to break it and figure out where the problem mm-hmm. becomes too. And I think part of it, not for nothing, and we bring it back to the ritual thing, is that because we've become so comfortable in our lives, that that loss of the actual challenge of facing real fucking problem, like Mm -hmm. real problems, Mm -hmm. not somebody was mean to me online, like I might not be able to feed myself today. And I'm not saying we should go back to those times. But I think that adding back in those rites of passage or those challenges where you earn something Might help us all turn outward again instead of staying inward. Mm -hmm. The only time you have time to spend analyzing at the level that we are right now is when you're too fucking comfortable. Maybe starting to let our kids challenge themselves or find things in ways that we can bring back a little bit of ritual.
2: You're absolutely right, and I
1: honestly think the 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 rates of suicide, for example, would Mm be a lot lower. There's actually a study done in the U.S. and they found that suicide rates were lower in states with higher levels. A religion, and communal participation. And in other cultures, like the aboriginal communities in Australia, puberty rituals are still shown to be very effective in reducing adolescent depression and anxiety. So like an honoring of things is needed.
2: I I mean, man, I would agree with that because, honestly, I think, one, we're way too privileged. We have no sense of where anything comes from, how we Mm -hmm. get it, where it grows, how to find it, how to forage it. So disconnected. Completely.
1: Yeah, like having that one thing to strive towards, to take care of everybody together, together. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. This is a hypothesis that I've been ruminating on for the last, I want to say, few years Mm -hmm. because I know something's amiss in a big way and we're walking backwards in our beliefs and our tolerance, which seems idiotic to me Mm -hmm. and as if we learn nothing from history or in fact just seems to be we're in some sort of loop cycle that's maybe even 100 years, maybe 50.
1: Yeah, humans just keep coming back to this point where we get obsessed with the individual. We're all distracted by so many things. There's a lot of suffering going on and no one's paying attention to it because we're so distracted with our own earning of whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's like somehow people have forgotten that, yeah, at the end of the day, you might have intelligence, but you're a fucking animal mm-hmm. and you need to participate mm-hmm. in an animal kingdom. It'd be great if we did it with nature, but obviously that's too much <sighs> for us. I get that. But we're not going to talk about that.
1: (laughs) I was just going to say something that would be a climate change conversation, and we don't need to add to this. I seriously
0: had to walk away Yeah, walk
1: away. Another time, my friends, we will walk down that road.
2: But I I do agree, and it's still a hypothesis that's working itself out. Like, Mm -hmm. I still need the idea behind how to solve
1: X. Like a new religion? Or like rites of passage we can start to... Include again or like bring back? Yeah,
2: maybe we stew on this for a little bit. We let it sit, or if even you, the listener, if you have an idea for a rite of passage, just something to commune more. I think ritual really saves us. Mm-hmm. Truly, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I know you were in a church. I know they abused their power. No, I think it helps you.
1: Like if you think about the feelings you feel coming up as an adolescence, per se, where rage or like hormones are surging and you can't control emotion, all those things. Mm-hmm but learning how to harness power so you're not sending it away from you and you're bringing it back to yourself. So using your rage or your displeasure or the depths of your grief to improve self or to, I'm currently training for an ultra marathon. So pushing through my training, my long runs, like that last stretch, like really using my rage, anything I'm dealing with that's heavy and pushing it into that and like getting my body to expand in some way. Like even then, like, is there mm-hmm. something that they're able to do to like, reharness their energy instead of using it to remunerate and to sit with and then create maybe some of this level of grief or suicidal ideation Mm -hmm. or maybe there's something to flip there too in that ritual like maybe giving them hard challenge allows them to then funnel their powers they understand their power in those moments when they need it and because they understand it they're able to harness it and not use it in ways that are harmful to others there is the analogy not the analogy but the breaking down even like if we're bringing it back to religion where the meek and mild will inherit the earth that meek and mild to me is timid and shy and mm-hmm. like reserved and I would agree with softer right like right. very gentle like never gets very peaceful human right mm-hmm. that's not what it means meek and mild means the the warrior who knows how to use their sword but chooses not to they use they keep it sheathed because they know what, what damage is done when they pull it out it's the idea of understanding your power and not using it for the harm.
2: That's like the monster thing. Like know your monster, yeah. but
1: you don't have to use your monster, but know it's but there. Know it. Be intimate with it because that monster mm-hmm. is in you. It's in everything that you hate, dislike, want to tear down about another human. And often the reason why you're so riled up about it is because it could very easily be you Facts. in any yeah, second, right? Yeah. So maybe there's something to that lack of the container that we need to like come back to.
2: Maybe that's the ritual we should focus on is a place to outlet the things that you would naturally put into the world. Mm. So, if like rage rooms, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a fucking rage room. Oh, okay. They so, someone's food. already on it. I oh, got shit. it. Okay. <laughs> I've done no research, no research. I just throw out ideas. You can go smash
1: shit all day long smash a little scream right little scream, oh, d- one of my most therapeutic things sometimes and this might sound crazy to some but i don't care because i'm i'm able to bottle my rage which i know you've seen and then i'm able to use it now i'm able to keep her canned because mm-hmm. she's feisty bitch but is actually driving and rolling down my windows in the country in the middle of butt fuck nowhere and just screaming fuck oh that's nice yeah. like just fuck like, I love how you depths. roll your
2: windows down. For me, I'd roll them. The world,
1: up. no, no. I want to send it out. I don't <laughs> want it in that car with me, Nina. Come on, man. Just to get it out of my body because mm-hmm. sometimes the overwhelm, whether it's situation of the world or my personal shit or whatever it is in that moment, is just too much, and it's my way of moving it out of my it's body. Like boiling
2: over though, right? So, so it I'm not makes sitting sense. with it. Yeah, it because needs then to get if out.
1: I don't do that, the next person that cuts me off or the mic that looks at me the wrong, whatever it is. He's going to get it. <laughs> so I know to Except go release her. <laughs>
2: Man, I just, it's like we're talking about all these dope ideas on these and situa- not even situate how these rituals used to be in in place. And I'm sure, like, even in Mayan cultures, you know, women got their moon time, they went to the moon hut. That is something that really lacks in the West is that ancestral culture. The same way, like, you go to Mexico, you feel the history. Yeah. If you go back country, then for a minute, you're like, okay, this feels like the history of this place. Yeah. It doesn't have people as its history on the
1: same scale. I'm not saying indigenous cultures don't own the history. So what you're saying is there's like a level of our heritage and ritual, not tradition per se, because I think tradition should be challenged all the time. Oh, my God. Yes. Christmas being (laughs) one. Thanksgiving. Mm. Uh, Mm -hmm. that
2: one is hilarious in the most ignorant disgusting way like hilarious in a morbid way
1: like what we were taught as children is this Uh coming together of this beautiful meal and the cornucopia was served with all this food and it was so beautiful you know know, what happened was (laughs) all the white bitches came in and raped and pillaged and burned all the villages and then they celebrated and so. yet we still
2: celebrate that under the guise of this dude, Columbus. Yeah. And it's just and that's that, even that things, actually that stupid ass story should be the epitome of why you need to think for yourself. Yep, because that is something we are all indoctrinated with that historical story. And even then even then it's utter bullshit Mm -hmm. and you don't understand or even have the empathy you should for these groups that have suffered under the hand of maybe
1: that's the one thing we should be thankful for now is we don't have this one source of information we are actually able to go now and do our own research and we have this power that we didn't have before where even when we were younger like you said the only time we saw shit like information on racism and what happened that wasn't taught to us because it wasn't taught to us was taught to us in beautiful ways like the underground railroad and all these wonderful Mm -hmm. it was never taught to us in the brutality that it was real yeah and so maybe now the benefit is that we have multiple sources of information so we can and not or at least challenge or have conversation
2: like not to be a dick but i can find let's let's make this extremely timely i can go online right now and find an onslaught of people who will back up what just happened with bud light And are behind it a thousand percent, even though it's not a huge demographic of people. It's a very loud group of people. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you have people who have been loyal loyalists to this brand who feel betrayed now because they're misrepresented. Mm hmm. You have these two sides of the coin. Now, I can look it up online and I can get my confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. So, I agree with you and we have to do our own research, but then we also oh, have to no. critically approach yeah, these no. fucking and what subjects. I mean by that
1: is not just go and find your own reaffirming information. Yeah, yeah, okay. Totally. Sorry. Like, no, no. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> I mean, like, look at it from all fucking angles. Yeah, I mean, research. Look at it from
2: the one you don't agree with yeah, the most. The most. Like, yeah. Challenge most. your own perception.
1: Yes. If you have something that you're stuck in and you truly think it's real please go look at other places because at the end of the day, we know fucking nothing. Nothing, okay? <laughs> we don't know shit. We think we do.
2: Well, yes, but just <sighs> overall, the, the I think the overarching point here is people only know what they know and yeah. they can only speak from what they're willing to learn. So when you're taking information from someone like myself, or even from your own fucking brain, because on some form or level, we're all a little Mm deluded in our own egotistical perceptions of what it is. Mm -hmm. So even though it just is, it just is for me different than it just is for you. I just think after having this conversation, I think the big takeaways here are really simple. Maybe bringing back in ritual like Mm -hmm. finding ways to like mark the chapters of our lives. I agree with your friends or even your family circles that aren't calendar holidays. Mm -hmm. Either way, you have to think critically. And I don't think that message is ever going to stop coming out of my mouth. And that's why this podcast has been in existence, is I just believe we really need to think for
1: ourselves. also, like, not just thinking for yourself and like doing the research of whatever you're trying to prove or disprove for yourself. I think staying open to conversation with other humans, I think that's really where the guts of it is, is being able to sit with someone that you so vehemently disagree with for being able to do it in a calm and peaceful manner and just have and hold space for a conversation to try to change each other's mind, maybe, but also maybe just to try to understand each other. Because it's at the end of the day when you understand another human, you will love them. And really, it's all about love. You know what that means, guys.
2: <laughs> that was the purpose, perfect segue. So, my friends, it's all about love. You know what to do go out into the world, be motherfucking sunshine! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys. Have a great day today, man. Peace out, friends.